My next guest is a former All-Pro NFL kicker and a recurring guest to the show and a welcome back on Blair Walsh. Blair, week two is almost in the books. What were your thoughts on some of today's games? Uh, excellent slate of games, uh, especially when Sunday night football is capped off like that, where you get, you know, coming down to the last minute of the game. So I can ask for an NFL slate. So it was a fun weekend for sure. So what's it like when Sunday night football, because you're on the West Coast, it ends at 830. Is, is it awesome? Or is it like, oh, I wish there was more games on it? Honestly, I joke about this with my friends on the East Coast all the time. Watching sports on the West Coast is a way to go. All the games start relatively at like five, six o'clock at night, and they're all done before 10. And you can have like a life and watch sports out here. I feel bad for you guys on the East Coast. I mean, you're going to bed at midnight because the game's not ending <laughs> till then. It's, it's nuts. It's wild. But the 10 a.m. kickoff, is that all right with you? or Fine by me. On, on a Sunday, it's kind of like, is there a really big difference between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on a Sunday? It, it's kind of all lost time anyway. <laughs> no, when I was in college, what I used to do is I used to go out on Saturday and you, you stay up late enough to you wake up 15 minutes before kickoff. Now you can't. Do, now I can't do that anymore. But what are you nah, talking but, about? You still do that, Zach. Don't 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 lie. Not today. I was up at eight. I was up at eight today. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I used to wake up right as the the five minute mark was going on on red zone. So it was it was electric. Oh and that God. now I gotta wake up and I just see all the Schefter's updates and it's really like all right, we got four more hours till games go on. So I want to get get rolling on some of these games today. Um, so first game of the day that's on this list. Um, Bears came out with the win, twenty seventeen over the Bengals. Burrow did not look good. Bears, I don't know what the hell's going on. They won't start Justin Fields. Andy Dalton might be out for a while. Fields came in, didn't look well. What were your thoughts on that game? I mean, the Bears defense has always been pretty elite and solid. Um, I think for Joe Burrow, I mean, what did he have three straight passes that were intercepted? It it was almost a little bit of a fluky game for Burrow, so I, I wouldn't read too much into that. You are right from the standpoint of Fields didn't look great, but you have to remember, I mean, that's that guy's first action in the NFL is to come in and replace an injured Andy Dalton in the middle of a game. It's not really conducive for success. So I think with a full week of preparation and him knowing that he's got the game plan and and everything is tailored to him, because the Chicago's offense will be drastically different under Fields than it will be as it is currently under Dalton. So I think if he has that full week behind him to prepare, you will see a completely different fields and you'll understand why they drafted it. Like, cause with, with, especially with the offense for Chicago, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson been nowhere to be found. Like, literally like this guy, like he doesn't want to be here because he wants to produce and you keep him here and you don't use him. Somebody's like, what, what is going on with this offense? He had two catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. He had a touchdown in the first quarter. I'm like, Oh, he's about to eat against this poor, poor uh, Cincy, uh, defensive backfield, and then like that was it. Nothing else for the rest of the game. So I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. Bears are one and one, which is insane to me. I'm pretty sure the Vikings have lost two both games. The the Lions and the Packers. Okay, so okay, so whatever team wins tomorrow night will be tied with the Bears for first in the NFC West or NFC North. So yeah, now, but are you? Do you think they rush Burrow back too quick? No, again, in that first game for Cincinnati, Burrow looked great. And then I just, I think Soldier Field's an underrated place to play. It's tough, uh, especially early in the season when the team is still in it and the crowd's still in it because, you know, their fate hasn't been decided. It's it's a tough place to play. Um, It's just a fluky game for Burrow. He'll be back. I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Um, I think the biggest thing for quarterback coming back from knee injuries is are they able to stay in the pocket and make the throws? And if you looked at his interceptions today, that wasn't the issue at all. They were, they were tipped. One was a bad uh, route. It, it's, it was much more, like I said, of stuff that was not in his control. So he's got to play better, but I don't think it had anything to do with him coming back from the injury. 
Yeah, because they looked fantastic last week, and a lot of people had them as the upset today. Obviously, they they didn't cover, but they looked like a team on the rise. So definitely a team to keep uh, keep an eye on. So then we had Cleveland beat Houston 31-21. I know they didn't cover. I think it was like a 12-and-a-half-point spread. Houston's looked a lot better than people expected, especially with this Watson stuff that people are trying to avoid talking about, even though they're playing on Thursday night, and I can't wait to see how long they can wait without talking about it. Um what are your many thoughts on the on the Texans so far through two games? I think Tyrod's been incredible so far. Yeah, and I think it came out after the game that Tyrod's not going to be able to play um, due to his hamstring. But I just think Houston's got too many good players on their roster to be really that bad. And I think we all kind of fell into that narrative this year of, oh, man, they're you know kind of cleaning house and Watson's not going to play and they're going to be atrocious and blah, blah, blah. And the team that actually looks that way is, is Jacksonville, who looks like they don't have enough NFL guys in their roster. And that and that's tough. Um, for me, the Texans just have too many professionals, too many guys have been doing it a long time for them to truly go out there and put up um, poor performances. Uh, that being said, I, I don't think Cleveland's defense is as good as we all uh, thought they were going to be at the start of the year. I mean, that's now two games where they've let the offense kind of run all over them um, and had Baker Mayfield have to basically keep them in it with Chubb. Um, so I think you'll see you'll see a good test uh, on Thursday on a short week with the back quarterback for Houston of how good those surrounding cast members are actually going to be this year. Yeah, I'm seeing it right here. Clowney and Garrett combined for seven tackles, and you're going to need more than that if you're expect to keep up in the AFC. Yeah, exactly. And, and then with uh, with Cleveland, I don't know if you saw Baker got a little dinged up early. Did you, were you surprised he he went back out there and continued to play pretty well? I wasn't surprised. I mean, for all the criticism people give Baker Mayfield, him not being a tough football player is, is kind of not one that, that you think of him. Um, you know, it's always scary when you see your quarterback lower his shoulder to make a tackle on, a, on an interception return. You almost wish they made the business decision. But, yeah. you know, that, that says a lot about what his philosophy is and his mentality is. So, you know, it made me think more of him that he gutted it out and continued to play and played well after uh, getting hurt. I know Jarvis Landry left early, didn't return, and Beckham still hasn't played this season. Are you concerned about his weapons going forward, knowing that his number his one and two number one and two guys aren't going to be there possibly next week? Yeah, and both dealing with knee issues. I absolutely. Um, uh, anytime you have receivers that are dealing with knee issues, you, you're concerned. And I think Donovan Peoples Jones steps up in that number three spot. He'll he'll slide into one if both those guys can't play. And yeah, yeah I mean, you'll probably have to lie, rely heavily at that point on your two tight end sets with Njoku and Hooper, but it's a problem. Um, you know, you can't expect Baker Mayfield to make average guys great. And when you have two great receivers like Landry and Beckham, it's it helps your offense, no doubt. Yeah. Then moving on to the Rams went into Indy. Came out on top 27-24. Cooper Cup killed me in fantasy today. He had like, what do you have? Nine receptions. 40 points, I think. Yeah, yeah. Nine receptions, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm really like, all right, well, you're going to guard him? But I guess not. <laughs> um, Staff, Stafford's looked good. He did throw a pick today. Um, Wentz, Wentz looked better than I thought he would. He's moving around pretty well for a guy coming off an injury. Um, Rams are 2-0. and Colts are 0-2. Which one of these teams were you more surprised by how they performed today? If there's a way to say neither, I say neither. I, I think that, you know, the Colts had a brutal start to their season with their with their two matchups. And that division's weak. I mean, the leading the leading team in that division right now is one and one Titans. And by no means have the Titans look great. Um, you know, today was a nice win on the road, but for the most for the majority of that game, the Titans were behind. Um, so for me, I think it's not panic time for the Colts. Uh, obviously, you're you knew when you acquired Carson Wentz that your success relied on his health more so than anything. 
you know he has the ability to do it. It's can he stay healthy and play majority of your season? Because as you saw today, their backups just aren't ready to come in and carry that team, no matter how good the defense is and no matter how good their supporting cast is. Um, you know, you, you need your starting quarterback in the NFL to be that guy. And if Carson's hurt and not that guy, the Colts' chances are diminished. But the 0-2 record is not as much of a concern for them. And on the, and on the Rams, you know, two knows exactly where you want to be in that division. I think all teams but the Seahawks are 2-0. and And you yeah. just you have to keep pace and basically just keep putting up points in the NFC West. As a former single-digit jersey guy, what do you think of these receivers, running backs, and defensive players wearing the single digits? It's weird to me. It's very weird. You know what? I actually like it more on defense. It makes the bigger guys look more athletic. So when you see a D end in like eight, he looks cooler than he did in 98. But for me, it's weird when I see a, a receiver in a single digit, it, it always brings me back to preseason because in the preseason, there's too many guys in a roster and you can't double up numbers. So, you know, you'll end up having receivers and skill players wearing single digits. And that's the only time you ever saw it. So first two weeks, it's been a little jarring to all of a sudden see a receiver make a great play in a single digit and go, wait, this is a regular season, not preseason. But it's, it's cool for the defense. Yeah. And then mo moving on, uh, Bills, Dolphins, wasn't even a contest. Tua got hurt early. I think he banged up his ribs. Apparently it's tested. Uh, the MRI was negative, so he should be back soon. But he's been getting banged up a lot, even at Alabama coming into the league. Brown, the Dolphins went scoreless. Bills beat him 35 nothing. Are you concerned about the Dolphins going forward, especially with Tua's health? Uh, how can you not be? Anytime you get a quarterback that gets a rib injury, it's it's tough. I mean, look at Drew Brees last year at a rib injury, and he wasn't the same at that point. It essentially ended his season and affected his decision to retire. Um, the ribs are no joke, and especially with a quarterback already kind of struggling with his confidence, you want that guy to at least have his full health going into games. So, you know, him dealing with an injury and him having something that's lingering is definitely going to affect them. And as you saw today, Brissett's a capable backup, but – yeah. Their he threw team is 40 talented. times today. He threw 40 times today. And they Which is not, you're not going to win that no. way. And, you know, that team isn't talented enough for Brissett to carry them. So, yeah, I, I would be very concerned if I were Miami, if two is not healthy. And for the Bills, you know, you did what you should have done and, and dominated the team that was in distress and, you know, kind of avenged that week one loss to Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then, so then moving on, Pats, Jets, Zach Wilson. Proven all the Jets, uh, former Jets quarterbacks, he's joining the club, did not play well against Bill Belichick today. So what do you think out of him? Mac Jones looked good. Zach Wilson, not so much. Mac Jones did look good. Mac Jones looks like he is the perfect quarterback for the Patriots system. Let's just all get that out of the way. I mean, the check downs, the quick throws, quick decisions, no stupid plays. He's Mac Jones is the perfect fit for Bill Belichick's Patriots. And on the other side, Zach Wilson, if you're the Jets front office, you have to be looking there and, and thinking, we gave away Sam Darnold for essentially a second round pick. And we took our number two pick with, with Zach Wilson. And it's just, it hasn't worked in the first two weeks and, and you never want to judge a guy that quickly, but there really hasn't been a lot of great in the first two weeks. So it's hard for their fans and their organization and their players and everyone to be optimistic about what they're doing. So that's, that's that you're they're in that tough spot right now where they don't necessarily need to have him come out and, and light the world on fire for lack of a better term, but they need him to come out and show that he's going to make smart plays like Mac Jones is making and just yeah. make the smart decision, throw the ball away. No, don't try to extend the play when nothing's there. I saw their coach said they actually want him to play dumb in the next game, meaning that, you know, stop trying to extend the play and just, you know, sometimes an incompletion is okay. It's your best friend. And so we'll see. I think his maturation process is going to be determined in the next few weeks here, but it's, it's definitely concerning.
And self-proclaimed top five wide receiver Corey Davis finished with two catches for eight yards today. So I'm glad I started him in fantasy as well. Oh, uh, you had a rough day, huh? Yeah. No, yeah. So I need I need Devontae Adams to go for 40 tomorrow. I don't think it's going to happen, but for Lions, you never know. And they lost their starting corner for the year. No, yeah. Even like, as you're saying with Mac Jones, like he no touchdowns, no INTs. They still won by 19, 25 to six. It's a good quality win and it's a division opponent. So. Yeah, I think they're doing every. I think he's doing everything they're asking him to, which is fantastic. And then so we got Niners Eagles, which is another weird game. Nobody really both these teams in Week One. Nobody really knew like what we were expecting. Eagles obviously kind of blew out the Falcons. People think, oh, maybe they're the real deal in the NFC East. Niners quarterback controversy. You draft Trey Lance. Jimmy G's out there. Jimmy G doesn't look good. But you keep him out there. Defense is kind of good. Get some guys come back from injury. Um, Niners pull away two and zero. What were your thoughts on that game? I think it said more about the San Francisco 49ers than it did the Eagles. I think everybody kind of understood that the Eagles probably played the best game of their season in week one, yeah. um, coming out and, and destroying Atlanta the way they did. But I, I think for the 49ers, we're, we're, as we're all just kind of waiting for that Jimmy Garoppolo game where it doesn't go well. Yeah. And, you know, the support behind Lance is there. Uh, when they go and they maybe lose or drop a game to a team they shouldn't and he doesn't play well that's when that pressure for Trey Lance is going to come in because Jimmy didn't do anything great today, but kind of like, like what we talked about with Mac Jones, he didn't do anything poorly to lose the game for the 49ers. So it's really going to be up to Jimmy to quote unquote, force their hand of, of having them keep playing him each, each week. But the Trey Lance uh, watch is, is definitely on, I think in, in San Francisco. Where do you see them in the NFC West right now? Personally, I think that they're the worst team in the NFC West. I just don't think that because they have the worst quarterback in the NFC West, if, you, if you're that's being fair. honest. That's and fair. I think that's what runs the NFL. Um, you know, Arizona's win today was nice, but it was very – their defense has to step up, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But it, it's yeah. for the 49ers, it's just they need to have that quarterback step up and play, whether it's Jimmy or Trey. Yeah. And then moving on, Raiders, Steelers. Raiders look like the real deal. Derek Carr, I think, has like 820 passing yards for two games. Waller really didn't do too much. They didn't even have Josh Jacobs. And the Steelers, they got that. They they, they struck out a win last week. They looked pretty average today. The offensive line was not really improved at all. I know Trey Turner, past guest of the show, got ejected by spitting on somebody, which is lots of fun. Um, <laughs> Najee Harris got his yeah yeah he, he, he was a quiet guy and I mean, he got pissed off but um Najee Harris got his first career touchdown which is cool but the offensive line looks horrible so I, I didn't know if they thought that oh we get a good running back maybe he'll the he'll just camouflage the horrible offensive line that we did nothing for um Big Ben looks like he's acting his age I don't know how much longer he's got um Raiders look like the real deal John Gruden looks like a mastermind so far what, what was your t- takeaways from this one I, can anybody actually pinpoint what the Raiders are going to be this year I mean after two no games idea. Look, look terrible for a half, then come back and, and show complete grit, almost give the game away, then win it, and then come out to Pittsburgh and basically own the game from the start. Um, it's it, on a short week, nonetheless. You know, people don't realize that when you play those Monday night games, and especially one with all the emotion that the Raiders have to do, and then you get on a plane and go across country to play in a place like Pittsburgh, yeah. I, I don't think anybody had them winning today. It's just it wasn't really – a conducive game for them to win. So for me, obviously their success is going to rely on their defense actually, because for years, Derek Carr has been a completely competent to above average quarterback yeah. in the NFL. And we, the NFL has shown that you can go far and win games with that, yeah. but you can't win games when, you know, you're having to put up 40 points and, and win in a shootout constantly. So the Raiders defense is going to be what needs to step up. And it did today. 
and, and held Pittsburgh to uh, under 20. Not going to lie, when, when Carr got hurt, thinking the possibility of him maybe having to go to the sideline, I was excited for Peterman to come in, even though it did not happen. Because I thought he's electric, and you never know what's going to happen because he doesn't know what's going to happen. He just lets it fly. But especially with Mariota being an IR, I'm literally like, all right, Nate's got his chance, but never came. So TBD, TBD on that one. TBD. But the Raid, yeah, Raiders, two games, the Raiders are 2-0, and better record than the Chiefs, better record than the Chargers, tied with the Broncos. Do you think this is just maybe there's coming out of the gate hot, or do you think, like, this might be their year? especially with an added playoff spot. Well, look, I mean, they had a, that's a brutal opening two games, uh, Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mean, I think most people probably had them dropping both of them. And then you go into your division play with a really good Kansas city team, obviously, and then a much improved Denver and a solid Los Angeles chargers. I mean, their division's not easy as it is. So anytime you can stack up those wins outside of your division play, you're, you're so far in, in the advantage there. So for the Raiders, this is a dream start to their season, no matter how it happened or how it looked. Um, they've got to be excited about where they're headed and, and the possibility. But that being said, I, I do still think that they're probably not going to win their division, of course, is Kansas City. But I, I think the Chargers will eventually finish in, in second in that division, too. So the Raiders' success is great, but I'm not exactly sure I've, I've, I've bought it yet. And then the next game completely caught me by surprise. I don't know if you, you th- saw this one coming. Saints were nowhere to be found. Panthers beat him 26-7. Jameis looked like old Jameis. I don't know if he, he he got the win last week, undid the LASIK, and now he can't see again. He had two TDs, a rushing touchdown. My over one-and-a-half touchdown prop did not uh, hit. But the Saints, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a horrible showing. I think it was the fewest total yards allowed in Sean Payton's career. To the Panthers. I couldn't even couldn't even watch most of the game because they wouldn't even featured on red zone because nobody was doing anything <laughs> offensively. Uh, I read somewhere that your boy Ian book, their third string quarterback was actually the one in charge of substitutes today on the field. Oh, because that's because of the eight coaches that new Orleans had out due to COVID. <laughs> I mean, when, when you have a third string quarterback in charge of, of running your substitutes in and out of play, I didn't see that. That is interesting. You are not, not setting that. yourself up for success. And um, I feel like they were doomed from the start. That being said, they did not play well on top of that. It wasn't the only reason they, they got waxed, but it was not a good showing by the saints. Um, you know, this is, they're in a tough spot. They're being away. They're displaced from home and, and, you yeah. know, going to open up on the road when it should have been a home game. And I think it's a long season and they'll end up um, being really competitive and possibly uh, challenging for their division. But this definitely was not a great week for them and, and it didn't look great either. And then on the other side of the ball, do you think more teams are kicking themselves for not trying to go after Darnold? Cause he looks good. He looks good through two weeks. Let me see if I get his numbers right here. He is, let's see. Let's get the let's say so two games. He's completed 68 and a half percent of his passes for 584 yards, three touchdowns, one INT, no fumbles, 100, 100.5 quarterback rating. He looks looks decent. We talked about this before the season started that this was his make or break year, and yeah. so far it's been nothing but break. All right, me make and yeah. through two weeks. And um, part of that's because he's with a great offensive coach and Matt Rule, he's got Joe Brady's his offensive yeah. coordinator. He's got a solid cast around him. And for the first time in Sam Darnold's career, he is the biggest factor, which is stability. Their organization's a stable organization. Carolina is well-run. They've had success in, in the recent past. So they're not coming from a, a point of desperation with a fan base. They're in a small market. It, this is set up for Sam Darnold to have success. So the way he's played for the first two weeks is, is nice and promising. And uh, I hope to see it continue because he's got all the talent in the world and 
if he flourishes there, it could be a complete career revival. And like we talked about earlier, the Jets will be kicking themselves. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the year. Is this Panthers defense one that's catching your attention? Because through two games, nobody really had their eyes on them. I know Brian Burns is great. They got J.C. Horn in the draft, your guy. But um, they've, they shut down the Jets, which I could do. But they, they shut down the Saints offense, which was very potent last week. Do you think this is a defense people are sleeping on? A little bit. I mean, they were they were so putrid last year that I think most people didn't even think that they could be solid, a solid group this year. But year two in defensive systems are always better. Um, and, you know, year two under under a new regime is, is usually provides better results. So it's promising to see Carolina play as well as they have and especially shut out, shut down a good offense uh, in the Saints. And then this Thursday, if they've got a game against I mean, they're going to play a back quarterback and in, in Houston on or short. Deshaun Watson, which yeah. is. I don't think it's going to happen, but he's on the roster, so you can't count it out. And he's yeah, still not an example, which is why. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to play. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then to the next game, um, Broncos 2-0. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, it looks like he was the right choice, choosing him over Drew Locke. They took down Jacksonville. Jacksonville might not have a coach next week if he takes the USC job. But um, Denver is looking good. Defense is good. The weapons are good, even though they did lose Jerry Judy for a significant amount of time. Um the Broncos, you think it's still in the kind of that Raiders category of like kind of TBD, we'll see how they do down the stretch, or you think they're the real deal? Uh, TBD, see how to, see how they'll do down the stretch. They're in the same position as the Raiders. Though. They've done a good job of winning their opening two games and giving themselves that boost for their conference play um, or their division play. That's a college to me. Um, but, yeah, I, their wins were not as impressive as the Raiders, but with Teddy at quarterback, you know that you're always going to have stability and kind of like the Mac Jones uh, – bold of not make mistakes and that's how they're running their offense yeah. um they're not going to rely on teddy to basically win the game for them but he's 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 a solid enough quarterback where he's not going to lose it for them and, and he's played well and he's played well in a lot of places that he's been he just hasn't he hasn't been given the reins to be the guy in a while now and uh it's nice to see him have success in Denver. based on the game today the final score 23 13 jags are zero and two how many times do you think trevor lawrence was sacked today hmm Eight once, no way. One one sack the whole. Look at Von Miller got Von Von Miller got him once, and they played that poorly, which I don't understand. Yeah, how how how? Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think this is kind of shaking up Trevor Lawrence? I know. I think I saw he never lost a game in high school. Never lost a game. Never lost a. He's won a lot. He's won a lot. This is, I think, the first two game losing streak of his football career. Do you think this is throwing him off mentally? We finally shaved the flow. Do you think he's going to keep it and maybe turn this thing around? He should have shaved the foot a long time ago. Let's not get there. Uh, I'm the resident hair expert here, so we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll leave that for another discussion. But he's got to he's got to understand that this is the NFL. Um, you know, you go to Jacksonville, a perennially you know losing franchise. He had to know that this year was not going to be one where he even came close to having a 500 record, let alone you know winning games consistently and having consistent performances. So. If Trevor's surprised, I would be surprised. Uh, he seems like a smart and, and bright kid. So I think he expected for it to be like this. Now, I, I do think everyone needs to slow a little bit on the Urban Meyer. It's gone. He's going to leave. This is really a disaster. So? Just for the same reason I've mentioned before, a few of these games, two weeks in the NFL is totally not a, a way to, to judge your, your team or how your career is going to go or how a, a head coach's tenure is going to be. Um, I can remember we had a we had a, a team one year where we started five and zero and we missed the playoffs. So it does not always correlate to success throughout the entire year, but it's definitely been a concerning uh, two weeks for Jacksonville, and it has not looked great either. 
and it's wild to me. It's so you think they could turn this around, or you think this is, this is what I want to know? If I was Trevor Lawrence, I would have pulled an Elway or an Eli and said, "Hey, I'm not going to Jacksonville, dude." Night of the draft, just throw them off completely. Like, hey, thanks so much for flying me in. That was a wonderful dinner. I'm not going to Jacksonville and just make and just pray that the Patriots trade up for you. Because what? Are you going to go to the Jets? You're going to go to the Jets at number Broncos would have. I feel like Broncos would have done it. Broncos. That's true, and that would have been a better opportunity. But I just feel like in today's day and age, that just doesn't happen. Hell, the Jets. Jets would have given them the fucking Statue of Liberty to move up one. So, (laughs) so like. I, I don't know why he didn't do it. Cause I feel like this is just like, isn't what quarterbacks have thrived in Jacksonville besides Brunel and David Garrard. Uh, really? Portals, no Portals one year. Crazy thing. One year. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's not, like you said, it's not a place that has a winning culture and it's, it's going to take urban time. And I just don't see him joining Jacksonville and, and having any other thought than it was going to be what it is so far. Like he had to have expected this was going to happen. And if he didn't, then I'd be concerned for the people in his camp that were helping him make the decision. You think they're second guessing taking ETN in the first round, even though they had a fantastic undrafted reagent, James Robinson last year, knowing that their, their team has so many holes that they didn't fill. Uh, yeah. Hindsight's 2020. Cause if, if ETN was on the field killing it, they'd probably be like, yeah, it's he's a great pick in an offensive yeah. world, but yes, I mean, especially when you had James Robinson as a great back there, I did not see the need to take him. And, you know, they made good free agency pickups in, in wide receivers. And it's not like Trevor Lawrence does not have the weapons to throw to or hand the, hand the ball off to. They just need the rest of their team to come together and they need to, they need to acquire more talent. It's as simple as that. Then we move on to, you know, this one's coming Vikings, Cardinals, Cardinals are somehow two and out. Vikings were sort of in it the whole game. Kirk was good in the first half, not towards the second half. Tyler is unreal. Um, Cardinals win at 34-33. Vikings miss the game winner. Chip shot. Um, I know I sent you one mention on Twitter. Did you get anything else besides that? Or did kind of the other games just kind of this make, make them all go away? No, I mean, honestly, it, it didn't really get as much coverage as I thought it might have. Um, you know, it, Barstool they, tweeted I, you out. I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> oh, great. I'm, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> the um, Madden, the Madden meme. The so. Madden one. I've never seen that one before. I've never it? seen it before. I've never seen it before today, but it's Wait, literally really? like everybody Wait, has it. I've, I've never seen that one before. So I've seen the play, obviously, but like the, the, the meme, I've never seen it. And then, of course, PFF, it's like, hey, we got to use it. I'm like, hey, I use that. And they, they want to use it. Like, so, all right. But um, <laughs> I appreciate for the Vi- it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's cold out. But um, um, so Vikings are 0 2. Offense looks good. Defense looked fine in the first half. Cousins, do you think like shit's hitting the fan up north? It has to be. I mean, you start 0 2 in two winnable games, um, games you're ahead in late yeah. in both. Um, that's tough. I think we talked about this before uh, a few, few weeks ago, actually, we talked about the fact that their offense does have the capability to put up. They have a fantastic numbers. Uh, they've got town all over the place, but it's their Achilles heel. The last two years has been their defense. And today really showed, um, you know, there, there's no reason that game should have come down to, to Greg having to win it for them. And uh, it's just, it's just a tough spot for them to be in. It's tough for them to be owing to going into their division games and, yeah, with two winnable games, too. I didn't think Arizona played really well enough to win the game, but somehow they came out on top. And uh, Kyler Murray is an absolute freak on my fantasy team, you know, <laughs> puts up just total numbers. Um, Kyler Murray does something that's incredible. He's almost like a one-read quarterback. He drops back, and if his first read's not there, he's moving because he can't stay in the pocket that long. I, 
I truly believe he has to be under five nine. He can't see over. Oh, there's guys. no, like, there's no bro, chance he's taller. No way. There's no chance. No, but he's he knows when to slide. Something like RG three could never do it. But I really don't he, think you'll ever see an. A, I don't think you'll ever see a player like Kyler Murray again in the NFL. I, no. I think especially those guys that you know that are Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Especially those guys are. I could see their mold happening again. Kyler Murray to me is just no. it's one of a kind. No, he's un, he's unreal. He's got a cannon, and he's he's letting a video game. He's literally like I don't I don't know how he does it, but he's he's unbelievable. And Cliff Kingsbury, even though it's two get two wins, but the, the offense looks interesting. Hopkins, I think, is hurt. Hopkins had four catches in the first half for a touchdown, sixty five yards. That was his final stat line. We didn't see anything else from him, and that game was close for three quarters. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, outside of Kyler, um, Cardinals have no running game at all no no not they, at all they need to they'd be better off to make a decision between which back they want to use to be honest uh if they want to make chase Edmonds as a third down change of pace catch back great uh and if they want james Conner to be their bell cow do it that way but the way they're doing it now where it's almost a 50 yeah. 50 there's not real rhyme or reason to who's playing at what part of the of the down it's just they need to kind of figure out what they're doing with their running game but uh, you mentioned this earlier with deandre hopkins being hurt that's why Arizona went out and got a guy like AJ Green, who was an underrated signing, in my opinion, because AJ Green knows what it takes to be a number one receiver in the league. And if he's healthy, there's he has all the capability in the world to be a number one receiver in the league. So when you do have those moments where Hopkins goes down, you're not relying on an on an old, you know, Larry Fitzgerald or a young Christian Kirk, where you're where you're, you know, you're kind of guessing. You have a guy in AJ Green who still has enough left in the tank where he can provide you. So Today was a great example, and I think AJ had a touchdown in the second half, actually. When, yeah, when he did three, went out. yeah, three for 44 and a touchdown. Um, and then with the Vikings, what I um Harrison Smith was one of your draft class, right? Yeah, Harrison was the first-round pick. The year he, I, I just saw he just got paid. Are you surprised they've kept him around, even though the team is kind of trending in an opposite direction youth-wise than he is? No, I mean, Harrison's a great – he's a great football player, great teammate. He embodies everything that Minnesota wants to be, you know, uh, hardworking, you know, committed, loyal, and, you know, really, really, really good player. Um, but, yeah, they have so many holes that they have to fix right now in the defense, and it's just I, – I don't know how their season's going to go, but the way they started is just it's, – it's definitely not ideal for what they're trying to do. Because they've got they've got big names on the defense. You got Kendricks, who's one of the best linebackers in football. Daniil Hunter was all over the place today, even though I don't, I'm not sure if he got any sacks. He was coming for Kyler all day. But they got some. They got some, and they got Patrick they've Peterson. Got plenty of players. They've yeah. got plenty of players. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have nearly the expertise to pinpoint why it's not going well on the defense, but it's something concerning in Minnesota. They they have to be concerned about it. Well, I know the deer that caused Everson Griffin to swerve his car is probably a Cardinals fan. So I don't know if. Cliff Kingsbury, that was that was a bizarre story. That but was yeah, bizarre. So, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, he swerved. I'm like, just, it's a deer. Just, I, I guarantee he's a, is, he, is he. Did you play with him, Everson Griffin? I did. Yeah, ever since. I feel Everson, like he's a truck guy. Does he have a truck guy? I feel like he can just go through he, that deer. He's got a, he's got a bunch of cars, man. He's he's you got forget <laughs> you got to remember. These guys are super wealthy. He could have been the Bentley. It could have been I don't know. All right, Bentley, I'd swerve. <laughs> big truck big truck i'm pile driving that fucking thing. oh my uh, gosh no yeah i've never luckily i've never hit a deer but i'm like apparently it's right into the facility too so it seems sketchy to me but and then i don't think anthony Barr played no um, anthony I, was hurt he was he was inactive but vigil i saw vigil to pick six was a real nice play so that was a that was pretty good too but see, the vikings they look great they just they just can't close i don't know if it's cousins i don't know what's going on but we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with that and then we had falcons bucks Brady's going to play for another 15 years. 
Um, I don't. Did you see this week where he said he was going to play to fifty possibly when when they were? I don't see why not doing that show. They can't touch him. They can't. He's dicing it up. I think he's leading the league in touchdown passes. He's literally like it's not even fair. The offense is unbelievable. The defense is stout. Um, Falcons they caught up a little bit, then they just kind of tanked. But um, the Tampa, I don't think there's any debate. Tampa's the best team in the in the conference. Yeah, I, I, aren't you concerned about their defense though? I mean, not really. Not Getting really. lit up by the by the Falcons. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's still pissed off about the Super Bowl. Like, I, 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 it's still on the back of his mind because I was watching him. Like, oh, it's twenty eight ten, and then he caught back up. So I don't know if he kind of like me and Tom are like on a one on one right now. I'm like, no, Tom won <laughs> that game, and that one's I don't in know, February. That's, that's two straight games for Tampa where their defense has not looked great, and yeah. you know, the way they were built. Yeah, the corners have been hurt. I know Carlton Davis got hurt today. Murphy Bunting had that horrible elbow thing oh, there's no football. I but can't the, believe he's actually going to come back and play this year, which is kind of nuts to think about. Yeah, no, yeah. Because I can normally, when I watch from him, I'm like, all right, he's out for the year. And when I saw him, I'm like, I'm not sure. And then he's he's not. But the, the pass rush is great. Shaq, Barrett, Devin White, you got uh, Dominican Sue still freaking out there, which is unbelievable. He, he tweets out a lot of business tips, which is a wild thing. I don't know if you follow him on there. He's always him like, and him and Warren Buffett are good, bu- good buddies. Nebraska, really? Yeah I, yeah, I did not expect that pairing to be that's pretty wild. And yeah. if the, the Falcons, all right, so they got this mastermind from the Titans offense. Uh, what's, what's the coordinator? What's the coach name? Um, for Atlanta, Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Does he not realize Kyle Pitts is phenomenal? And he's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna throw it to, to Gage. I'm gonna give it. I'm like, well, what is he doing? Does he have an idea what's going on? I don't think that they have the correct pieces for the offense that he wants to eventually run. I mean, they're playing Cordero Patterson, who was a receiver good. Me in Minnesota almost <laughs> eight years ago. Um, you know, he was a receiver as a first round pick for us. And, you know, now he's their starting running back, which is kind of insane to think about. But I don't think they have all the personnel that they're eventually going to have. I think that Arthur Blank, the owner, knows that this is a, a, a rebuild there in Atlanta and – Unfortunately for Matt Ryan, he's kind of stuck in no man's land. He's a little bit, he's the best gap quarterback in the history of gap quarterbacks, because I feel like everyone knows that he's not their answer for the next season. And, you know, but he's still got plenty of, of talent and plenty of ability. And, and here's a good example. If you take Matt Ryan and put him on the Steelers, they win three yeah, or four more games oh, this yeah. year, period. Yeah, Easily. 100%. You put yeah. them on the skins. They're uh, in the con- even you your them- team. Yeah, yeah, they're in the con- they're in contention of the playoffs. Now we'll see what happens with that. Um, no, yeah, but he looked he looked bad. Brady looks phenomenal. Uh, Atlanta, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Yeah, with Patterson, Patterson was unbelievable today. But the defense, I don't know. Tampa, we'll, we'll see. It. I, I feel like Tampa. They've had two pretty decent games out of the gate. I wonder if they're gonna have kind of like a easy schedule for foreseeable future. But that's one to keep an eye on. And then might as well talk about Thursday night. Um, Washington came away with the win, not just against uh, the Giants, even though it was a suspect offsides call on it. It was Dexter Lawrence. Um, what did you think of that game? Uh, just wild ending. I mean, uh, their kicker, Washington's kicker, got bailed out. They've by, been trying to, I've been wanting them to get rid of him for years. And they got the offsides. Um, you know what? He came back and made the second one, though. So good for I him. Credit. I um, credit for that. I, again, I'm not keep trying to bring up my past, but I played with I played with Taylor Heineke in, in, in Minnesota, so he was our third. Really? Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Him and Scott Turner are very tight, and uh, obviously Scott likes him and, and likes uh, the way he plays. And so Taylor was our third string quarterback, and then he was our practice squad guy. Um, but you know, I think Taylor played at Old Dominion. Yeah. So he was one of those small school guys that, and he would he would crush it on our when he was running scout team. He would crush it because he's mobile and he makes good decisions and he's got a good arm. 
but um, it's wild to see him as a starting quarterback of, of Washington on, on, you know, a playoff level team. It's pretty crazy to me that his career's taken that path, but couldn't be happier for him. What was that thing? What's the tattoo he's got on his arm? Because you always see it, but I don't know what it is. And you know, most quarterbacks, it's not a sleeve, but you have any idea what it is? The thing I have no idea. No, I, I yeah, wild. you can't stare too long at guys' tattoos. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but do, do you think he's a stopgap for Washington? Because I know some of the throws were a little high. He did finish with like 300 yards and two touchdowns, got him the win. I know he had that bad pick towards the end. I forget who he threw it to. Um, I think it might have been Bradbury. He's over the middle a little over two minutes ago. Um, Fitz is out for the foreseeable future. They don't have any better options. I know RG3 has been kind of like trying to get back on the team, which is weird. I don't know if you've seen that on Twitter at all. No. He's, like po- he's been posting his old highlights, like kind of like 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 the the, the, the ex the ex boyfriend trying to kind of get back with the girl and she sees somebody new that he wants and he's kind of like hey like remember what we had and it's really weird because he just signed with ESPN he's got a good thing going he's really good on on camera and he's trying to get back with the skins who kind of screwed him over eight years ago and it's really odd but I'm I'm not sold on Washington a lot of people are I I've, I've got very high expectations because I've never seen anything from the team. Um, I, I think they're a fringe playoff team. I, I don't think the defense is as good as people thought going into it. But well, what did you what did you see from the game from the team as a whole? I think you just hit on it uh, perfectly. I mean, their defense is supposed to be their calling card, and then you know you give up twenty what was it nine points to to the Giants, and yeah. I mean that's not by no means are the New York Giants a good offensive football team. So I think that's got to concern you and. I think for them, it'll eventually their season, just like most NFL teams will rely on how well Taylor Haneke plays um, in, in Fitzpatrick's absence it is, can he play well enough to keep the job? That's a different story, but can he play well enough to have them near 500 and in it when Fitzpatrick returns? I think that should be their goal with him. And that should be his goal too. Um, just to, to keep this team alive because that division is a completely winnable division. Um, you know, Philly and Dallas are, are not as strong as they normally have been. And, um, you know, as you just saw from the Giants, they're not, they're nowhere near ready to compete. Um, so for Washington, it's just basically trying to win as many games. And it sounds obvious, but win as many games in Ryan Fitzpatrick's absence as you can and, and see where you stack up. With Saquon coming back from the ACL, I know he had one like 40 yard rush, and then he finished with like 15 carries for 56 yards. Right. Um, if, if you're a Giants fan, are you concerned? Well, that's kind of Saquon's MO is he's a, he's a home run hitting running back. I think he's, I read a stat that he has the, the most amount of runs that go under two yards in the NFL in the last two years, because he's more of a home run hitting back. And um, you gotta be healthy. And I, I, he looks healthy on the, on the runs that he does well on. He looks healthy. And I think they're being, they're being smart because you don't want to rush a guy like that back and have him re-injure it. And then you, then you probably destroy his career. So it's good to see a team put the player first, honestly, because I feel like that's what the Giants are doing. So uh, much respect to them for doing that for Saquon. But I'm sure he's just as frustrated as anybody else um, in, in his lack of of role in their offense right now. Where, where do you think the Giants go from here? Because obviously Daniel Jones is not the guy. He took Saquon second overall instead of choosing a, multi, a variety of quarterbacks that are available. Could have gotten Josh Allen. Could have gotten Rosen. Kind of probably glad you didn't get Rosen. Um, Could have gotten Lamar. You could have gotten Darnold. You went with Saquon. It's contract year, ACL tear. Hasn't really shown up in two games. You really don't want to pay a running back premium money if you're not getting a return. Where, where are they going from here? They're stuck. I, they're stuck. I mean, they're, they would almost be better off not winning a lot of games this year and trying to get a top pick. But from what all the, the returns look like right now, the, the quarterback class coming out of college is not fantastic. 
So it's not like they're, they're guaranteeing themselves for this past draft where you're going, man, if you get a top five pick, you're getting one of three studs. So, um, or one of three touted studs as, as it always is coming from college. Um, but it's a guessing game. Like you just said, they could have gotten Lamar. Lamar's a 32 overall pick. Um, so, you know, literally 31 other teams passed on him. Anybody could have him. No. So it's more of a guessing game. And I, and I just think it's, it's much more dependent on their scouting department and their, their GM to make the right call when it comes to their next quarterback. Cause as of right now, it does not look like it's Daniel Jones. And again, Kenny Galley looks, I think he's pissed off at Daniel Jones the other night. Um, what's his name? The guy they got from Florida has got like negative four yards through two games, which is great for your first round pick. Tony. So, yeah. 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 Not, not, not all, not all as well in uh, the Meadowlands. Um, so the moving on Cowboys chargers. I saw you know, a lot of people went to that game today. It looked like everybody was there in L.A. I, the crazy thing is watching the game on TV, it seemed like there were more Cowboy fans in the stadium than Chargers. Oh, well, yeah, because well, all Chargers fans stayed in San Diego or they stopped watching football. So, <laughs> it, no, yeah, I think I saw – who I know Antonio Gates was there. I saw Conor McGregor was there. LeBron was there. LeBron was there with Magic Johnson. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess they're all Chargers fans now. Even the Rams are better. But well, you know, LeBron's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I know. So he wasn't, he, he probably liked that outcome. And Magic Johnson's just going to agree to anything LeBron wants to do. But um, <laughs> what, what do you think of that game? Dak didn't look as good as he did on Thursday night. Uh, I think he had a, a pick, a pick. I think he had a pick. Um, Zeke looks washed. They need to put Pollard in. Um, obviously, Gallup's out for six to eight weeks. Cooper just banged up a little bit. I think he had the two catches. CeeDee Lamb looks fantastic. And then you obviously with Dallas, you lost uh, Demarcus Lawrence. They're moving Michael Parsons to edge. I think he actually did pretty well. I know he's training with well. Demarcus Ware. He played really well. Um, either which of these sides surprised you more today? I actually think that the Chargers are, are kind of what they've shown the first two weeks. They're going to go up. They're going to be up and down. Um, you know, Herbert's a, a, an amazing quarterback, but he's going to have his growing pains and he didn't really have any last year. And that's, you know, it's unheard of that you have none and then still continue to have none in your second year and just pick right up where you left off. I, I think the thing that, that I took away from the game the most is that the Dallas Cowboy fans have to be ecstatic by their defense. Yeah. I mean, Dan Quinn's done a great digs, job. With digs defense. two back-to-back picks. Yep. Diggs, Diggs is a hell of a corner and, you know, they were missing guys today. And, and the fact that they held the chargers to that, to that score is, was in their home right? debut with fans, which is. Yeah. I, so to me, I think the biggest takeaway was that I, on any, on any given day, Dak's going to be great. And, I, and you don't worry about Dallas's offense. You haven't for the last couple of years, but the problem with Dallas is that they've had to outscore and outduel all their opponents in the thirties and forties. And that's just, can't be consistent that way. Um, so it's nice to see them come out and hold a team under 20 and just play really good, good ball. And they finally remembered that Austin Eckler can catch because I know he didn't have a catch last week. He had nine today. So they're like, oh, maybe we should do that. But it didn't, it didn't help because they lost. And obviously it was weird because when Zerline hit the game winner, the other Greg in, in, uh, what was that game? Was that the game, the, the Vikings game? Was that, in, that was in Arizona or was Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. So one Greg hit it, one Greg didn't. So it was really like a, it was really like, oh, this is, yeah, wild. I bet yeah. you that's the only time in NFL history two Gregs have attempted a game-winning kick on the same day. Guaranteed. I, I can't, that's going to be like sabermetrics next week, and you see a little, <laughs> little cool little feature. No, I was really like, oh, one Greg's going to have a great day, one Greg not so much. Um, yeah, and then so then we had the Titans and the Seahawks. It was a great game. I expected more out of the receivers. Obviously, you got the Ole Miss connection. Neither of them really showed up. It was really just the Derrick Henry game, and then – Titans ended up winning at 33-30 in Seattle in overtime with the 12s all there. What would you think of that one? 
wild. And Derrick Henry pretty much didn't do anything for the first three quarters of the game. Yeah. And then 48 in, fantasy points in typical Derrick Henry fashion, he came alive in that fourth quarter. And just you, you saw guys from Seattle just not being able to even come close to affecting his, his running path. And, you know, Derrick would hit a hole and just completely run over whoever's arm was outstretched. So it was, it was impressive by Derrick Henry and, and the Titans to come in there and win the way they did. Um, obviously, I know firsthand that Seattle is not an easy place to play. And so anytime you go in there and win, especially after such a disappointing result in their first week, the Titans, to go to Seattle on the road and play the way you did where it wasn't always pretty and you didn't throw the ball around and you kind of stayed true to your identity and just beat a really good football team. Do you think this game is more telling for what the future holds for the Titans? That they, they can be a locomotive offense, even with A.J. Brown isn't hitting. Obviously, Julio had a great game. Or do you think it's more telling for the Seahawks? Like, hey, this is kind of the same old Seahawks team. Russell Wilson's going to have 250 yards, two touchdowns. They're going to look great. And then it's going to be a toss-up in the, in the last six minutes of the game. Honestly, both. I think I think you hit on both of the, the main things with each of these teams is that Russell's, for, for a couple of years now, has been um, – almost hampered by whether it's play calling or their defense or one of, one of both. Um, you know, they've always, they've relied too much on Russell to save the day and he's an incredible quarterback, but nobody could do that. Um, Derek Henry had 35 rushes today. Carries and then Derek Henry, I think it was nice for the Titans offense to see a post Arthur Smith era game where they, where they got back to their identity and they really dominated doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think for them, that's going to help their team psyche. And I think Julio kind of got in a rhythm more today. Um, I, I think if anything, the Titans are one of the biggest winners from this week. No. Yeah. Defense is still big question mark. Didn't really do anything. Um, Bud Dupree has not looked good through two weeks and, but in the corners, I know they got the kid from VT. I don't know if he had a good game looking at it here. Uh, I don't see his name coming up. Uh, but they, they got the W and Seattle, obviously, so now they dropped into 500. Um, Metcalf looked a little banged up. The running game still does not look like it's settled. The defense looked great last week, not so much this week. Do you think they're just going to kind of just move on from this one? Or do you think, what do you think they saw in the today's game that they can kind of use going forward? They just, I think they ran into the Derrick Henry show, honestly. And, you know, you've seen him do it to great teams in the past. Uh, wouldn't take too much from it from Seattle. They know they have to play better on defense, but, you know, stopping him in the fourth quarter is a task in and of itself. So Seattle shouldn't read too much into it, but uh, the Titans should definitely be ecstatic here. Yeah, because Seattle next three weeks, you got the Vikings who are 0-2 at home, so that's going to be a good one. Niners in San, in Santa Clara. Then you got the Rams, Steelers, Saints. Seahawks got a hell of a schedule coming up, so they got to they turn this around quickly. So it's, it's interesting. And then move on, finally, Sunday Night Football. I will hit one of my prop bets. I lost. I, I I had the Chiefs. I moved it up to six and a half. It was like, hey, they're going to blow them out. They didn't. They lost. But um, had uh, Mahomes, two, you got to do it. Every week, Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. It's literally like giving away, they're giving away money. Because <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. But that one was incredible. Lamar was great, even though I didn't think they were going to win. I know we were talking about it beforehand, but like, the Chiefs, I don't, I don't really think there's anything they're really going to correct from this. Obviously, the defense game was getting killed on the ground, but the offense maybe move Tyreek Hill a little bit around more when the defense is kind of targeting him. But other than that, like the Chiefs, Chiefs came to play on the offensive side of the ball. I don't they always? I mean, for yeah. them, their their story has always been can they can they hold the other opponent to just a manageable score so they can out outscore them? That's really what it is. Um, it's kind of the bend but don't break mentality for their defense. 
Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes looked like his usual, you know, out of control, ridiculously talented self. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway from this game was the Ravens can compete with their style of offense. Uh, you think so? Really, you think I, so? I really think so. Why, against the Chiefs, of course. I mean, you know, there's not really any elite defense in the NFL anymore. It's 2021. It doesn't really exist. Um, so for, for the Ravens, you have to be pumped that, you know, you started a guy that was a free agent a week ago uh, as your starting running back, and he played well. Lamar played well. And we were talking about it during the game. They, they ran a lot of those shallow cross routes, yeah. which is so important for their offense because then you're not relying on Lamar to make these, you know, high-level throws that downfield throws that he just has not consistently made to this point in his career. So, you know, accentuate what he does well. It gets the ball out of his hands quickly, makes good decisions, and he runs well. Uh, just keep keep doing those routes, keep having him run, read pass option, the whole thing. Their game plan tonight was great and it worked to a T. And you know, it, it showed me that the Ravens definitely can compete um in the AFC with teams like the Chiefs. The one thing I will say I thought of it that I think the Chiefs did should have shouldn't have done is I think towards the end of the game when they were kind of just you could you could tell they're kind of just targeting the two minute warning kind of trying to go for the field goal I think you got to keep your foot on the pedal because they kind of they kind of they're planning not to lose a little bit towards the end and then it, it bit him bit him in the ass agree completely they played the numbers game they said you know we get inside Butker's range he's 90 you know two or three percent inside 40 yards that's basically a win it's better than yeah. putting the ball in the air and taking a, a risk of an interception but I agree with you all it took was one big play, one hit 20, 30 yard throw, and they're in almost automatic field goal range. So I did feel like they played way too conservatively that last series right before Clyde Edwards Ilair fumbled. Um, so if they had stepped on the gas, I think we would be having a different conversation about the outcome of this game. No, because I'm really like, all right, they're up like, well, they up like three at the time. I'm like, all right, if they go for the touchdown, I hit my bet. If they don't, they play conservatively, <laughs> they're going to lose this game. So I'm really like, what do Andy Reid choose? You pick your poison. So and then they didn't um i know we we're talking about it you, you weren't surprised how lamar went for it on fourth and one i i don't think so i think looking back at, at the way that they played the first three uh plays of that series they were almost playing for it. it was almost four down territory in their own uh half of the field which is wild to think about but the way they ended up looking at it i think from their side i know that the ravens follow a, a mathematical um you know stats system that that has percentages of each play and they pretty much abide by it um, more so than any other NFL team does. But I think what they were looking at is there's a minute left in the game. And essentially, would we take the chance of gaining one yard or holding them from scoring three points in a minute? And I think the overwhelming odds say you're much more likely to get one yard on this team than you are hold them to under three points in a minute. So I think they made the right call and it was a great play by Lamar and, and you know, gutsy win. Yeah. And then we got one more game. Tonight, technically speaking, Eastern time for me. Tomorrow for you. Um, you got San or not to Green Bay, Detroit. I think it's, is it in Green Bay? I think it's in Green Bay. Or is it in Detroit? I have no I idea. I think it's in Green Bay. It is in Green Bay. Green Bay is three by yeah. eleven and a half. Um, are you expecting a like a blowout, or do you think like this one might be close? Yeah, I think this is a blow because I think that the way they came out and played last weekend, getting drubbed by the saints like that um is embarrassing it was embarrassing for their team and you know you never want to say too much about a week one loss but a week one loss like that is definitely a wake-up call for them and you can't convince me that they're not going to beat detroit by three touchdowns i'm shocked that line is at 11 and a half i, I thought it would be higher um really? 
I did and see it's not one so much that Detroit is so bad. It's much more of the fact that Detroit is not a good team. And I do believe that Green Bay is a great team that's coming off an absolute disaster first game. So it's 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 kind of setting up for it to be a, almost like a revenge game without, you know, in week two. <laughs> you think gonna, the fans are going to boo Rodgers? They shouldn't, for being honest. Um, uh, have they looked around the league at some of the quarterback play? They shouldn't boo them. Um, they, can, they can have uh, – I don't know the hell. They can have – I don't know. They could have, they could have Heineke. I'll flip them right now. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I did see one thing that did catch my attention about Rogers. Or obviously, you're like week one. You're like, all right, this is a fluke. He's going to turn it around. Michael Irvin said something the other day, and I don't listen to anything he says. He said something that kind of caught my attention. He said, once you start to think about retirement, you've already you've already checked out. And Rogers strongly considered it. Do you think that there's any chance what we saw in week one might be a trend? No, because I think Rodgers is probably posturing. That's my uh, opinion. I don't think that Rodgers truly sat down and said that, you know, I'm really going to think about retiring here. I I think he was extremely pissed off, like we've talked about. And, you know, he wanted to publicly embarrass his organization and kind of get a little bit of revenge for how they treated him and how he felt wronged by them. So, no, I I don't. I I understand what Michael Irvin's saying. And I do believe that for most players, when that is a thought in their mind, it you are kind of halfway out the door at that point. But for quarterbacks and for somebody coming off an MVP season and his level of talent and this situation, it never struck me as he actually ever really wanted to retire. And it was much more of a game and one chess match. It's a chess people. match. You're trying to get the chess hell out match. of there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, I, I don't believe that's the case with him. And, I, and I'd be shocked if they didn't win the division this year. They're that good and he's that good. What do you think of Dan Campbell? I, you know what, I, I think his press conferences are, are a little much and I think everybody likes to hate on him because they are a lot, but um, that's kind of the culture that you need to have in Detroit. You need a guy that's going to come in and just bring them back to what made them good decades ago, um, kind of that mentality. Uh, and that's why it didn't work with Patricia because he wasn't that type of guy. Um, you need someone that's going to hold players accountable, but kind of understand where they're coming from and can be one of them. And uh I don't think they're nearly as bad as everyone says they are. Um, and I think that they'll be able to build a decent culture there, but he's definitely got a, an uphill battle in Detroit. You ever had any coaches that like him just kind of outspoken kind of guys like that or nothing like him? Nothing that crazy. No, no. Not, nothing about chewing kneecaps off on the, uh, on your opening press conference. Yeah, no, I, I have not ever seen that. They're a lock for hard knocks next year. Cause they're not going to, oh, I mean, you got you to love them. I mean, <laughs> How could they not be a lock for it? No. I can't believe Hard Knocks is going to do the Colts in midseason. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you think it's kind of like, all right, obviously, this, this is where I think the issue with Hard Knocks is. The teams have editorial control and can take stuff out. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm sure most of the stuff that people want to see that the players don't want them to see it, they don't, they take it out. And they're like, oh, here, we're going to film something that we're going to act like it was not scripted at all when it was clearly scripted, and you're going to love it, and you're going to talk about it, and it didn't happen for the Cowboys. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think there was some guy, I think his name's Jerry, maybe last name Jones. Um, yeah. That was in control of uh, the editorial control over what happened. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Of him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think teams do have control over it and, and that would be a way to do it. But I mean, the intensity of a locker room from preseason to the regular season is completely different. And, you know, people's jobs are in line at that point. And the, you know, I've said this before, I thought losing in college was a lot like when it, when we would lose, I was like, oh man, the, the mood was down and it was, we felt like the world was ending, but not really. When you get to the NFL, where there's 16 games and a loss or now 17 and a loss doesn't really matter that much. 
it truly is the most intense atmosphere going, you know, the week in and week out grind of the NFL locker room. So it'll be fascinating to see how hard knocks captures that because it's unlike any other atmosphere in sports of just how intense it is week in and week out. Yeah. Cause if they're losing like right now, they're on two and they're still losing, the guys are gonna be like, get that fucking camera out of my face. And if they're winning, they're going to be like, all right, why do we have these things in here? This is just a distraction. And you're not, I still think like hard knocks is meant for the undrafted guys. And obviously like they're not, everybody's made the teams on the team. So who are you following now? Wentz the whole time? Right. Like, are you gonna are you gonna follow the the actual like real drama of you know, oh man, our, no. our our first round receiver's not playing very well. Yeah. He had two drops last week. Like, are we you're really gonna cover that? Because if that's yeah. the case, then you are you're right, you're going away from what hard knocks yeah. is. Yeah, but like we'll have Wentz on a bye week going back to North Dakota shooting ducks. I'm sure that'll be interesting. We'll see that. <laughs> um, T.Y. Hilton will probably come back, get banged up, and be out for six weeks. We'll see that. Um, Ursay will open the stadium then close the stadium so we'll see the tweet we could probably get to see him in real time making that tweet but like i don't know what the hell else is gonna happen so yeah it's funny they didn't pick like the most no, exciting so why, franchise why the colts why are you taking the colts there's so many other options there's i don't know i thought they were to cancel the show when they said hey we have an announcement i'm like wow this must have been bad they're like all right hey if there's any football halftime everybody's nobody's watching the halftime show because they got rid of all, all the good halftime shows. Hey, by the way, Hard Knocks is done because it kind of sucked the past three years. But they're like, no, we're, we're going to bring it back. And they said they'll do it to the end of the season. So if the Colts want a magical run into the playoffs, you go into the playoffs, in the playoff locker room, you know, if HBO's in there, you're going to be like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to fly for having that. No, having that no. In there. Yeah. Oh, hey, Jerry. No, you're not recording anything I said today. Um, and, no. and see, what, what used to make hard, what made Hard Knocks so great in its prime is that they would actually play the coach's rants and the coaches yeah. crossing out a player on the sideline and all that, because that's what actually happens in the NFL world. It's not this thing where, you know, we're caring about your background, your personal story. That's not really what happens. No, because like the, this year, I don't know if you, you enjoyed it. The the zone the drone camera I got a little nauseous because I was like how long is this shit going I'm literally just watching just fucking flying around this the star Dak was great obviously didn't do shit in the preseason Steph uh, Trayvon Diggs kid was great I don't know if that was scripted or the kids just electric one of the like, cutest kids ever yeah yeah like yeah he, I, he the kid was amazing and I don't know if he has been motivating Trayvon because like he was like <laughs> believe in yourself and Trayvon Diggs is two picks in two weeks so that kid needs to be like a like quality control coach or something but like i thought it was horrible i was really like we're not I'm not missing anything but i said, said this one out on tuesday like you're not missing anything no like yeah. like we like i just said it felt like the the pg rated version of an r-rated movie it just it didn't it didn't hit like it normally has in the past and when i say past you know way back three four years ago yeah no honestly like i, I know it's better now that guys have four weeks to try to make the team but like for the show when every week there's like guys on the roster bubble, like it makes it like a little bit more dramatic, like a little reality show. Like this guy might not be here next week. And then when it's four weeks, you're like, All right, what are we going to talk about? Cause this year they had the, the D end who is 220 pounds. I'm really like, how the fuck is this guy made? How did he make the roster? The fucking, uh, uh, Camara guy, the guy from Africa. And they're like, Hey, he's yeah. 210. He plays DN. I'm really like, who's he getting by? No one. Um, and somehow made the roster. They get the cake guy who was great. I think he made the practice squad. They had the guy with the uh, the contacts, which was horrifying, like four minutes just watching this guy 
struggle like to put the contact in and that was like, tough to watch yeah it was really tough i'm literally like all right they cut out all the stuff we want to see and they've got this fourth string guy with his rec specs that did, did like the rec specs trying to get his freaking contact in. and they're like oh people are gonna love this now did it maybe maybe uh lens crafters was like oh maybe we can get that guy's a sponsor but like no that we'll, we'll see how it happens but it's gonna be, i think people are gonna forget it's coming back in the mid-season and then like the week up and be like oh shit hard knocks is here yeah, I, it it's just it's so hard in the NFL because it's so intense. Like you've seen other shows follow follow professional teams and it work, and it's just hard knocks needs to either let they need to let them hard knocks show what they're going to actually uh, cover, or it just needs to not happen at all. Because I know they've done some with the all or nothing, but I never watched it. I know they have one with like F one, but I don't, I don't watch F one. They have one. Uh, the all or nothing is covering Arsenal right now, uh, soccer club, which will be in, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if those guys are like, they're probably the same way. I don't want this camera in my face. Yeah. It's a little less. I feel like it's a little less intense in soccer because it's so long and the seasons are so long and you lose a game. Does soccer season end? Cause it, I feel like it doesn't kind of like golf season. It just never really ends. It just kind of rolls yeah. over. It's like, cause NBA starts in October. NFL starts in September. Baseball starts in like what March and soccer. Just, soccer's just fucking going. Somebody oh, like it. <laughs> yeah so like if you're a fan i'm gonna be like all right when's off season like there's no off season like, it really isn't no. yeah no it's wild it's wild but I do appreciate you taking the time i'm probably gonna head to bed because it's almost one o'clock he's gonna be up at eight but do appreciate it um thank thank god football's back fans are back games are much better than la- uh, better than last year hopefully these guys keep staying safe skins need to turn this around quickly or the season's over i'm already looking towards the draft after after that week one loss i'm really like all right i'm all in on malik willis if they can bring him in we'll, <laughs> we'll see it you're kids, hardcore kids are like, yeah no well, i mean like, the best month of the the, the, uh, the best month of the season is as a washington football team fan it's april so because regular <laughs> season means nothing to me because i'm like, it's like yeah we're never gonna do anything like, hey, we made the wild card. great yeah nothing happened nothing happened hey don't so, give up yeah there's an extra game this year remember <laughs> yeah, so they'll lose that. They'll lose that one too, and they've got five straight division games. So we're gonna get a bunch of games that are gonna be like 16-12, four weeks in a row. So that's gonna be 16, fantastic. 12. Yeah, Rizzy. it's gonna be Rizzy. it's it's, it's, it's a Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Eagles. I'm really like, who, who made this shit? They're like, you know, let's just fuck around, make the NFC wilder than last year. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's well, but do precious. Um, what's your Twitter? How can people follow you on there? Um, Blair Walsh three, and then Blair Walsh underscore three on Instagram. So awesome. either one, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, do appreciate it as always. Absolutely.